Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa. Internet world, West Alabama, downtown Northport, where I am. Everybody watching us on the internet, watching us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. How are you doing today? Oh my goodness, happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. You're watching the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central, BamaCentral.com. You're watching us on, as I said, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. You can follow us at Joe Gaither 6 on all the social media machines, wherever you get your favorite social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat. It's all at Joe Gaither 6 right there on all the social media machines. Yes, Stephen, I am starting late today for two reasons. One, Labor Day, and why the hell not? Nothing else is going on. You can't find any any other live programming locally. But two, Stephen Ray, Stingray, you, we are starting late because I was just over at the Naylor Stone Media Room listening to Nick Saban and listening to Terry on Arnold and Jalen Milrow. So, what's up, St- Stingray? We appreciate you checking us out and listening to us. You can watch us on Facebook and join Stingray on the comment section. Listen to Stingray's program on two stations now down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and right here in Tuscaloosa as well. So appreciate him hanging out with us right there. So what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? It's Monday, and we are reacting to week number one. First things first, Alabama gets a big old win, 56-7 to over MTSU. And I enjoyed myself in the stadium. Uh, I got to enjoy myself as a fan. Thank you so, so much to Mr. Miller giving me a little, giving me a t- the tickets this weekend. They were very, very much appreciated. I appreciate that very, very much. And uh, it was a great time. It was a great time in Bryant-Denny Stadium. What's uh? Let's kind of game plan what we're going to do, because I just walked in the door from Nick Saban, Jalen Milrow, and Terry and Arnold. You can read all of our coverage right there at BamaCentral.com. Katie Windham and Austin Hannon were also in the building. Those two, Katie Windham and Austin Hannon, really did a lot of work over the weekend. They were in the press box for the ball game this Saturday, so they worked deep into the night while I enjoyed myself. Uh, I'm still kind of enjoy, uh, feeling the effects from Saturday night. We're going to have to be a little bit smarter with this coming Saturday night, and that's okay. It's going to be a huge Saturday with Texas on deck coming up soon. But we don't want to skip over what we saw on this past Saturday. Yes, I know, I know, I know. It's MTSU. It's the Blue Raiders. Who cares? Of course, you were supposed to win. You were favored by 39. And first off, first things first, I will take a L. I will, I will wear, uh, you know, I'll receive whatever condemnation you want to give me, any criticisms that you want to give me, because... Alabama indeed covered the 39 and a half on our Friday program with Katie Windham and Austin Hannon. The pair both said that Alabama would cover the 39 and a half, and I was a non-believer. I thought MTSU would would give us a little bit more of a challenge, give Alabama a little bit more of a, a challenge on Saturday. I thought that their uh, havoc plays on defense would create a little bit more of an issue for Alabama's offensive line, and I thought maybe there might be a turnover or two. I thought MTSU putting the ball into the air over and over and over again might uh, get them on the scoreboard a little bit more than they did. I really was thinking about 38-10 was kind of what I was thinking going into the ball game, uh, 42-10 or somewhere right in that range. Uh, but really, uh, yes, Singray, the, the missed field goal absolutely killed any momentum that they had. I was very excited uh, as a fan watching that. Uh, they drove down the field, what was that, in the second quarter, third drive maybe, fourth drive or so, and they got right about oh, 20, 25-yard field goal chance and they pushed it wide that is my right right wide right they were uh you know they they had their chance to get on the scoreboard right there and did not 
What do we want to start with? What do I want to start with? I want to start with the positives. Yeah, major positives. Everything that you've been hearing in the offseason. That was kind of my, my my big question. Like I was really excited about this game, not because it was MTSU and I thought it would be a very competitive game, but I thought we're going to find out. We're going to learn if all the talk in the offseason, if everything that we've heard, oh, get back to the Bama standard, oh, Kevin Steele defense, oh, physical offensive line, we're going to find out if all that if all that stuff is true. And what do we see on Saturday? We saw that at least for now, week number one, it started off true. The Alabama defense came out their first two drives, and MTSU had a net of negative two, ne- negative two yards. Six plays, negative two yards, two punts, and boom, the Alabama offense is back onto the field. Starting the game off with a three and out, uh, you, you get a negative play, and boom, a punt. And Jalen Milrow, man. What a start for Jalen Milrow. We just heard from him in the Naylor Stone media room. You can look at that on the Bama Central YouTube page if you want to check that out. Subscribe to the program right there at the Bama Central YouTube page. And just subscribe to Bama Central as well. Jalen Milrow, what a night. Oh, what a night. All the naysayers got to go somewhere. Y'all got to go hide. Uh, Obviously, I guess the only thing that the naysayers can say now is, ooh, as the dog coughs behind me, the only thing the naysayers can say now is, Oh, it was MTSU. You got to do it against better competition. And they're right. They are right. That's true. But there's nothing that Jalen Milrow can do about the competition that he plays in week number one. How did he respond? How did he react? He was, what, 13 of 18 for 194 yards, three tutties. Oh, what? Seven carries, 48 yards, and two touchdowns as well. The first drive, about as efficient as can be. The ball never touched the ground in the first drive. You had an easy pass to, to Isaiah Bond. You had, he ended up having uh, a second easy pass down to, to, to Burton. Like, it was simple passes to the first drive. Obviously, you love to see Isaiah Bond run over the MTSU defender on the sidelines and the players after the game talking about Isaiah Bond setting the tone from the wide receiver position really, uh, really, really kind of let everybody know what was up right there on that first drive. But Jalen Milrow, he operated the offense except for except for the one uh, he, he basically he didn't check out on a play and it resulted in an MTSU tackle in the backfield. You saw JC Latham turn around, look around like, hey man, that was should have been an audible. We should have checked out of it to something else. Uh, really though, Jalen Milrow managed the game beautifully, beautifully. He ended up converting on a couple third downs on the first drive. What was the complete uh, 10 out of 13 third downs throughout the game as as a whole? Jalen Milrow did exactly what everybody has been saying that the you know Alabama needed from its quarterback position all summer long. Oh man, the offensive line is going to be so good. The running backs are going to be so good. The wide receivers are going to be improved. All the quarterback needs to do, whoever the quarterback is, needs to just manage the game. And that's exactly what Jalen Milrow did on Saturday. Now, you also saw some special ability, obviously, on the first uh, the first touchdown run, the first touchdown of the season was a broken play. And that's the fact, that's the area that is indefensible. If you're a Jalen Milrow, if you're a Jalen Milrow fan, if you're an Alabama fan, that's the area of Jalen Milrow's game that it keeps defensive coordinators up at night. You get the fumbled snap. You get the bad snap from from, from uh, Seth McLaughlin, and obviously that's something you're gonna have to work out. You're gonna have to get more consistent snapping. Come on, Seth, let's get that together. But you get the fumbled snap. Jalen Milrow picks it up, and he says, "Oh, I'm in a little bit of a deep. Uh, I'm in a little bit of a hole." The, the the rush was coming around him. 
and Jalen Milrow just explodes out of the pocket, explodes out of the pocket, goes to his right, runs past a couple of guys, and boom, he's in the end zone. That's the area of Jalen Milrow's game that is indefensible if you're a defensive coordinator. Let's think just hypothetically. You watched the FSU and Florida State game just like I did. I'm thinking about who in the SEC can spy Jalen Milrow. It's not Harold Perkins. I mean, Harold Perkins played a spy last night on the Florida State quarterback, and ultimately, you know, they got their butts beat bad. Jordan Travis and them boys showing LSU what was up last night. That was a lot of fun to watch, really, from my perspective. But who in the SEC, what defender can play spy against Jalen Milrow? You saw it last year against Arkansas. Oh, my gosh, third and third and long. Play breaks down. I don't have a good throw. 70 yards down the sideline. Boom, we're sitting first and goal from the two-yard line. Jalen Milrow has that it factor that really makes defensive coordinators sweat. And, and, and what you saw later in the game was the Jalen Milrow factor. Okay, you throw a bomb up to uh, up to Isaiah Bond. You throw a bomb to Amari Nyblack. You throw a bomb to J- J- Jermaine Burton. Three bomb shots for touchdowns. And why did you get those one on, one-on-ones? How did you get those one-on-ones? Well, the defense is sucking up. The defense is walking up. The defense is saying, well, they've run the football on us pretty well. You look throughout the game. You have uh, Jace McClellan averaged four yards a carry. Roy Dell averaged five yards a carry. Justice Haynes averaged seven yards a carry. Richard Young got himself some action. Got him uh, three. Three and a half, and Jam Miller got three and a half yards of carry. You rushed the ball 40 times, uh, take Milrow out of it, 33 times for 100, yeah, 150 yards, 160 yards. Decent, pretty good, not, not great, decent. But you rushed the ball enough. You sucked the defense enough up into the box where Jalen Milrow says, oh, I'm going to have a bomb shot to uh, Isaiah Bond. Oh, bomb shot to Amari Nyblack. And really, he missed. Unfortunately, missed the first bomb shot to Isaiah uh, to Jermaine Burton, and then ultimately completed a bomb shot to Jermaine Burton for his third touchdown pass. Jalen Milrow, five, five total touchdowns, and just an incredible performance by the Alabama offense. Efficient, efficient performance. Ten of thirteen, almost every third down. Not all of them, but most third downs were third and medium, third and short. It was third and one, third and two. How many times? Oh, it had to make your little heart happy. See an Alabama lineup under center on third and one and go quarterback sneak. You, you saw that at least three times in the ball game. Ty Simpson had himself a quarterback sneak right there on the goal line, got himself into the end zone. But how many times? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I love you, Bryce. Bryce, Bryce, baby. I absolutely do love you. But you weren't going to see, oh, gosh, this last year's offense go quarterback sneak. <laughs> Jalen Milrow says, give me that dang ball. Let's get under center. I'll get this one or two yards. And I loved it. I loved what we saw on Saturday night. Now, most of it was really, really good. Now, of course, it is MTSU. And MTSU, obviously, is an FBS team. They're not a Power 5 program. Uh, Got to go a little hats off to the University of Tennessee, having the only, uh, the only hats off, the, the only Power 5 victory in the SEC this past weekend. All the other teams that were playing Power 5 opponents, Florida, uh, South Carolina, and LSU, got your butts absolutely spanked. Embarrassed us. You embarrassed the league, Florida. Billy Napier, you cannot put three, two number threes on the field at the same time. I might have laughed a little bit at Damian George jumping off sides, false starting on a crucial play. Really, Florida looked poorly coached. Poorly coached. 
LSU, really, you go out and you go into halftime with a 17-14 lead. You've played pretty decently, but obviously you don't get into the end zone on that first drive, first drive that yielded two huge plays, putting you down on the goal line. You don't get into the end zone in six plays. Oh, it comes back to haunt you. Brian Kelly says, oh, you know, we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State. Well, where did his team go in the second half? I don't know. They must have all stayed into the locker room. Jordan Travis. Florida State and them boys ran all over them and threw all over them in the second half, physically just dismantling LSU, embarrassing themselves. Honestly, literally embarrassing themselves. And, and, and in South Carolina, too. You're playing the Battle of the Carolinas. You're playing one of your biggest rivals. And Mac Brown and, and North Carolina punked you guys. Punked you guys. So, Tennessee, you get the best win in the SEC this week. And, yes, that does kill me to say. But, yes, you get the best win in the SEC this week. Uh, I recently, uh, put this morning, put up power rankings for the SEC right there on BamaCentral.com. You can read about it right there, BamaCentral.com, or all of our social medias. I'm going to be updating and putting out power rankings every single week for the SEC. And, yes, because Tennessee was the only school that beat a Power 5 team we got Tennessee at number one. Woohoo! Tennessee at number one. But I do think that Alabama uh, really looked the best as far as teams playing FBS teams. You had Alabama, who Texas A&M played an FBS team. You had you had several other. <laughs> Bama quarterback has a cannon with minimal accuracy. Oh, from my cousin there. Seven, 13 of 18, uh, pretty good accuracy right there. Uh, so not, not, not too bad there. And really, who gives a bleep because you suck up the defense with the running game and with his athleticism. We've seen uh, not-so-accurate quarterbacks in the past. Lamar Jackson be very, very efficient. We've seen lo uh, lots of uh, good quarterbacks who have dual, dual threat. Jalen Hurts comes recently to mind, and so I'm very excited excited about what we saw from Jalen Milrow. Now, Jalen Milrow, I want to go ahead and say, look, Nick Saban basically said without saying today in the media room that Jalen Milrow is the starter on this team. I know he went out in, uh, the last couple of weeks in fall camp saying, oh my gosh, whoever's the starter in week one isn't guaranteed to start the whole year, and whoever's the starter has to keep playing well. Well, let me just tell you what happened earlier today. We went into the Naylor Stone media room. We're supposed to hear from Terry and Arnold and from Ja'Cory Brooks, wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks. And we're sitting there after Terry on, waiting, 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 waiting. No big deal. We don't have anywhere else to be. It's Labor Day. Literally, this is the only job we have. No big deal. And so we're waiting, waiting, writing our stuff. And who rolls into the media room? Mr. Jalen Milrow. Now, it's one thing to give you give the quarterback to the media in postgame because, duh, he just played his game. But to give the quarterback ahead of a new week, the media availability, it's basically the stamp of approval. It's basically this guy's going to be the number one again. He's going to be the number one against Texas. And if he plays decently, if he plays above average, he's going to continue to be the number one quarterback on this team. And it sounds like the team has really one of Coach Saban's biggest, uh, biggest factors in choosing a starting quarterback is who wins the team. Whoever, we got to see who wins the team. It sounds like Jalen Milrow has fully won the confidence of his of his teammates, he, listening to Terry and Arnold. Uh, and they're basically, the, the new slogan, uh, the new slogan for the Alabama Crimson Tide football team is apparently lank. Uh, he, uh, Terry and Arnold called Jalen Milrow my lank brother. That's my lank brother. And we were like, okay, what's uh, what does lank mean? Let any naysayers know. 
Uh, so that's going to be the new theme or the new slogan for this Alabama Crimson Tide team. Lank, let any naysayers know. So I guess uh, the the double guns up from Terry and Arnold today was kind of their signal for Lank. Let any naysayers know. I mean, and Terry and Arnold, Terry and Arnold, oh, my gosh. That first play of the game against MTSU, you saw what I've been talking about. I've been talking that Terry and Arnold is going to be a great cornerback for this Alabama team. I know a lot of you hated him last year. He got picked on because who the hell else would you pick on in the Alabama secondary? You wouldn't be picking on Kool-Aid McKinstry. You'd be a fool. So, of course, last year becomes, let's throw at first-year cornerback Terry and Arnold, who's never played cornerback in his life. Let's throw let's throw at Terry, Terry and Arnold. And, yeah, he got picked on. He had a kind of a hard year. Of course he did. But. I saw a lot of tools in Terry and Arnold, a lot of athletic ability. And what did you see on the first play for MTSU? MTSU says, oh, we got to go deep and throw it at Terry and Arnold. And Terry and Arnold goes step for step for step for step with the receiver, turns back, looks perfectly, and bam, wrong arms the ball away. And it's it's a pass breakup without getting pass interference. Beautiful play. And Terry on saying, oh, that, that play was personal to me because if they, they came at me in the first plays last year, first few plays of every game, they came at me last year. So I was very, very excited and confident when I got the ball, when, when I knocked the ball away for the first play this year. He said, that let me know, or that made me feel like that's a good sign for the season to come. Now, of course, it's just MTSU. That's all it is. It's just the Blue Raiders. It's just Conference USA's probably third or fourth best team. All right, that's not the competition you want to be measuring yourself against. But what were the things that we were talking about? Don't turn the football over. Don't commit penalties. Play efficiently. Play uh, play physically. And you saw those things on Saturday. What did you see last year against Utah State? Of course, you saw 55 to nothing. So the scoreboard looks very, very similar, 56 to 7 with MTSU. But how many penalties did you have last year against the Utah State Aggies? Seven, six, six penalties, and four, five of them were procedural. False starts, offsides, illegal formations, dumb penalties. Dumb penalties that just represent a lack of focus, represent a lack of attention to detail. What kind of penalties did you see on Saturday against Alabama? You had two penalties against uh, against MTSU, and I believe one of them was a holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them was a holding, and oh yes, one was a holding, and one was on my man Jaheim Otis for a uh, for a uh, roughing the passer. Those penalties, effort penalties. I can accept and live with those effort penalties. Now, obviously, you don't want to have a, a multitude of them, but but really, you don't have the effort. You don't have the stupidity penalties, the substitution violations, the false starts, the delay of games, those stupidity penalties. I mean, I love you, Will Anderson, but you jumped off sides oh, way too much last year. You gave away free yards way too much last year. Those stupid penalties, pre-snap penalties that you just got to get away from. We went over it over the over last week. Alabama, 41 penalties against Texas, Tennessee, and LSU. How do you win a game? against the team if you're going to have 41 bleeping penalties. How? I mean, it's just really, you set yourself not only behind the eight ball, but way behind the eight ball. Now, of course, the officials, they got to make the right calls. They're making the right calls. It's a tough game, but you cannot give them easy calls that are false starts. You cannot give them easy calls like offsides. You cannot give them easy calls like illegal formations or substitution violations. And so to see that area be cleaned up on Saturday, now, it's just one week. It's just one week. You've got to get 
you got to show it. You got to prove it to me against Texas. Now, I did like that MTSU went a couple times into tempo and tried to test our defense. And yes, I didn't love that our defense wasn't always set. They were better. They weren't. They weren't standing over there with their hands on their hips, uh, looking for Pete Golding to signal in the place. But they were better. It was a better showing for this Alabama defense. Now, what else you liked? You saw two turnovers, one from Jalen Key and one from Kendrick Blackshire. Kendrick Blackshire absolutely ripping the football away from an MTSU defender, just basically saying, oh, I'm just going to run up, and instead of tackling you, I'm grabbing the ball and ripped it right away from him. I'd love to see a little more Kendrick Blackshire out of the inside linebacker room. I did think that the second inside linebacker position is still very much up for grabs. Who's going to play next to Deontay Lawson. You saw Stresman Marshall get a lot of run. You saw Kendrick Blackshire get a lot of run. That's all I really noticed from the stands. I will be replaying the game and trying to take away more takeaways, but I thought, you know, Tresman Marshall wasn't always impressive to me. But Kendrick Blackshire sure would, bringing that wood right next to Deontay Lawson. Now, I loved, loved what I saw out of, out of Dallas Turner. I thought Chris Baswell played really, really, really well. So, as a whole, the Alabama defense from back to front played extremely well, I thought. Now, again, it's just MTSU. This coming up week, whoo, it's going to be a lot more difficult with Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Ewer, Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, and them boys coming into Tuscaloosa. Uh, and really, everybody and their mother is coming to Tuscaloosa. If you are planning to be in town, you better get here tomorrow. Because you got ESPN College Game Day, you got SEC Nation, you got Barstool Sports, you got Josh Pate, Lake Tick Josh. You have literally everybody and their mother coming to town. Oh, the Joe Gaither Show, we're still in here. here. <laughs> we are in town anyways. Uh, but it's going to be a huge week. And much like, oh, your 2019 LSU matchup, your 2011 LSU matchup, much like these matchups that bring over 100,000 people outside the stadium, I think it's going to be kind of like that. Obviously, the stadium will be packed. And I was impressed. I was impressed with the Alabama faithful uh, really filling up Bryant-Denny Stadium this weekend. I know, only MTSU, and I did see a lot of cheap tickets available online. If you guys were looking for those, you were able to find them pretty easily online, StubHub and, and the like. They weren't that expensive, uh, but... I thought oh, I thought going into the week, as I was watching the ticket prices kind of go up and go down and fluctuate down into the uh, $15, $25, $30 range, I was like, ooh, we're going to see a lot of empty seats. And no, uh, we didn't experience that. I stayed almost to the very, very end. I stayed uh, well, there's about a, about a little under two minutes left on the clock when I started walking down the spiral. And by the time I hit the bottom of the spiral, I was hearing rammer jammer in the stadium. So do I get credit for 60 minutes or probably 50? Eight minutes of football. Yeah, that's probably about right. But I was impressed with the crowd. The crowd was into it, uh, much more into it than I have felt like they've been before uh, on previous cupcake games. So I think that's a good sign. And I think you've got a real hunger in this fan base right now to return, to return to the Alabama standard. And really, when I'm walking away and, and I'm analyzing the game and thinking about it, this team looks a lot. I mean, through one week, everything's got to go go well and continue to progress. But you, there's shades of 2015 Alabama to me. Shades of 2015, where Jake Coker is a strong leader, is maybe not the most accurate passer, but has a hell of an arm and has a great deep ball, can drop it in the bucket to our Darius Stewart and the like. 
is very physical when he wanted to. Jake Coker was very physical, not always the fastest, but when he decided to tuck his head and run from the quarterback position, it was watch out. This Clydesdale is going to run over you. I thought a lot of shades of 2015. Now, obviously, there's no Derrick Henry in the backfield like there was in 2015. I won't even suggest that any of these running backs are in that ilk, uh, not even stylistically and probably not talent-wise. Now, I do like what you have in the running back room. I thought Jace acquitted himself very, very well for a first week. I thought Roy Dell acquitted himself as well for the first week. I wanted to see more Justice Haynes. I was surprised a little bit to see Jam Miller be the next one off the bench before Justice Haynes. But hey. Jam Miller played okay, and, Roy, and Richard Young got some reps as well. So Nick Saban uh, really repping all five running backs that might be ma- might, might make an appearance and might make a contribution to this Alabama Crimson Tide team. I really thought, no, it's not pre-recorded, Julian. I'll get to your question. I'll get back to your question in just a second. I'm just on a rant. I don't want to uh, – I'll get back to your question in just a second. Uh, we are live. We are actually live in Tuscaloosa. No, so I thought Nick Saban really liked what he wanted to see out of – the running back room. The receivers? Come on now. You've heard the receivers all offseason long. You're not as good as you used to be. There's no Devontae, there's no Devontae Smith. There's no Jalen Waddle. Oh my gosh, no Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy. Oh, y'all had a lot of drops issues in fall camp. What'd you see on, 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 on Saturday? You saw really good production out of the receivers. Now, not called upon a ton, but Think about 2015 Alabama. You obviously didn't have the best of the best wide receivers, but when they were called upon, they produced. You had Isaiah Bond, obviously, stole the show. He had the biggest night, uh, five receptions, 76 yards. Jermaine Burton coming right behind him, three receptions, 62 yards. But really, Kobe Prentice was... Uh, utilized in, 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 a, in a fun way. Uh, Kobe Prentice made a nice catch on a ball that was a little bit of, a little bit ahead of him, a little bit of high on him. Look, all you need is, are these receivers to make the catches that they're asked to make. You saw it this past weekend. Jalen Milrow drops it right in the bucket for, for Isaiah Bond. It was a perfect ball. Uh, Amari Nyblack right in the bucket again. Now, he did miss a long ball, a long shot to Jermaine Burton before hitting Burton on the touchdown pass. So, no, it wasn't all perfect for, for Jalen Milrow. But three for four on deep shots for three touchdowns, that sounds a lot like Jake Coker to me. Uh, now, of course, obviously the athleticism is way different, is way different. So you do have interesting skill sets. Uh, you do have interesting skill sets in the backfield, whether it be at quarterback or running back. I just feel like you have shades of that 2015 Alabama right off the bat. Now, Miss Julian, let's hit your question right here. What are your thoughts on targets and injuries for Alabama football? Injuries, okay, you, you heard from Nick Saban today. We heard three injuries that he talked about today. One, Jalen Key and Malachi Moore. He called them both day-to-day. Uh, they went down in the game. Uh, Jalen Key going out right after his interception. Malachi Moore went down uh, midway third quarter or so, and, and, and he left the game. Now, I never really saw his third injury, and, and it's probably because I was uh, enjoying myself a little too much on Saturday night, but apparently Emmanuel Henderson as well, wide receiver, uh, wide receiver running back slash type player uh, has hurt his hip. And Emmanuel Henderson sounds like it's a little more serious. Coach Saban saying not really sure not really sure about uh, his status that he might miss a couple of weeks. Now, Jalen Key and Malachi Moore, vital players. Malachi especially. Malachi 
is a very, very valid, vital player for this Alabama back end because of the communication and experience that he brings. Coach Shaven's been very, very vocal throughout the offseason and when asked about him on Monday, on Wednesday of last week, talked about Malachi and his ability to communicate and get the defense set. Now, it was important against MTSU. It's going to be vital against Texas. You cannot have somebody running the wrong coverage against the Texas Longhorns or Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian are going to take advantage of it. You're going to have a wide open players down the field. Now, am I worried about Jalen Key or Malachi's injuries? No, not necessarily uh, because Coach called them day to day. Now, they're not going to practice today. That's what Coach Saban said. He said they might make it into the game on Saturday. I'm not 100% sure it sounded like they were doubtful, but uh, we will have to double-check and check on them again on Wednesday and again on Thursday for, hey, coach, we'll have to have somebody ask him about Malachi and Jalen Key. But I loved seeing them play. The secondary played great uh, throughout the entire game. You had Caleb Downs, who is now one SEC Freshman of the Week. You have, obviously, on the other side, the other SEC award, Jalen Milrow, one Offensive Player of the Week. It uh, sounds an awful lot like Jalen Hurts winning Offensive Player of the Week when people, oh, he can't throw. Well, he threw the ball pretty damn well on Saturday night. 13 of 18, right at 200 yards, three touchdown passes down the field, and really, really guiding the Alabama offense uh, really efficiently, I thought. Really efficiently. I was I was very happy with Jalen Milrow's performance. Now, people are going to stay on Jalen Milrow's case all year long. You're going, We're going to have to deal with the Alabama fan base or you know the pundits, the media. We're going to have to deal with, well, he missed that one throw. He missed that other throw, and that's going to be, oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Uh, did we win? Did we play efficiently? Did we look good? Did we keep moving the football down the field? Yes, we did, and, uh, and I was very, very happy with that. Now, you look at the other two quarterbacks who played. Tyler Buckner came in second. I think that might have surprised a lot of people. Reports late in the week last week were that Tyler Buckner had moved into the second spot. Oh, it makes me really worried about what you're seeing out of Ty Simpson in practice. Now, one on one hand, Coach Saban always values experience. Always values experience, and and Tyler Buckner has experience more more college experience than Ty Simpson. That's undoubtedly so. Uh, now, doesn't have had about the same amount of experience as Jalen Milrow, but you wanted to, you know it was interesting that, that it was interesting to me that Tyler Buckner was in there as the second quarterback. Third quarterback, Simpson gets in there. He made a couple of decent throws. I mean, look, none of them had the opportunity to throw the ball that much. Buckner was three of five, 27 yards. Ty Simpson, one for one, five yards. They were in there to try to kill off the game. And that shows me that really Jalen Milrow is by far and away in the lead. He didn't throw out Buckner and Simpson in crucial moments of the game. He didn't throw out the two quarterbacks when, you know, the game was still in the balance. It was all Jalen Milrow while the game was still, uh, while the game was still, I guess, in doubt for the first five minutes or so. Uh, no, Jalen Milrow led this offense and Buckner and Simpson were clearly put in during mop-up duty. That's another thing I got wrong throughout the offseason. I thought that you'd have two quarterbacks go out there and play a series or two or three and then another series or two or three. That did not happen. It was all Jalen Milrow until the game was out of reach. And so I enjoyed it. I had a blast in Bryant-Denny Stadium this weekend. It, it was uh, really fun to feel like everything that the guys had talked about this week uh, for, the, for the summer and the fall, it was really fun to feel like it, it came to fruition. Now. Do you want to see more out of the offensive line? Yes. Yes, you do. 
You want to see more of the offensive line. Now, part of that is Jalen Milrow checking you into the right plays, checking you into the right protections. Of course, you had the negative yardage play on the first drive. That was a sweep out to Jace McClellan that got blown up. Uh, that play should have been checked out of. And then later in the game, you, you, you had a, a sack on Jalen Milrow that, uh, who was it, Jam Miller? Oh, gosh, Jam Miller had a terrible block. Uh, from from the running back position. You need to see nice production, nice pass blocking from all five, really six players when you account for the running back as well. You want to see better pass protection, and you want to see better production up front. Now, a lot of that is to do with Jalen Milrow checking you into the right place. But all in all, it was a good first step. It was a really strong first step for the Alabama Crimson Tide team. Obviously, there's many more new plays to go. There's 11 more games to go. This this weekend is going to be a lot more challenging. Not a little more challenging, a lot more challenging. You look at Texas, they beat up on Rice, but they really didn't show a whole lot. I think a lot of people do not get sucked into that score. Don't get sucked into, well, they only beat Rice by, what was it, 37-3? Don't get sucked into that score, man. Uh, I, I really feel like Steve Sarkeesian and them boys are getting ready for Alabama. Don't get sucked into that low production. I think Texas is coming, and they're going to unload every barrel, every clip. They're going to uh, unload everything they have here in Tuscaloosa. And really, I think they feel very confident in what they have, what they're bringing into Tuscaloosa with Quinn Ewers and the running back room and the, the receivers. Yes, there's no Bijan Robinson or no Roshan Johnson, but they still have quality players. And Steve Sarkeesian, I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to know how to uh, bleep with the Alabama defense a good bit. And it's going to be a challenge. And really, if you have tickets, get on in there and yell. Look, one big takeaway I have from the Texas game last year was it was a rowdy environment from before the game even started. I think the Texas fans, I think the Texas uh, administration had some sort of policy for their students to get into the game very, very early. And it was Obviously, a noon game. It was so hot, and the, the 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 place was packed. The place was packed to the brim with burnt orange, and they were yelling, "The eyes of Texas are upon you." Woo! It's going to be a challenge this coming weekend, and Alabama fans need to accept and embrace the challenge with the football team and say, "We're not going." Oh, look, look, look! I know a lot of you guys are the uh, you know the wine and cheese crowd, the the <laughs> the little bit of the booster crowd. Like, oh, we expect Alabama to play well, so we're not going to cheer for anything except for a touchdown. No, no, no. We're Alabama fans are going to have to be involved in the game this weekend. You're going to have to try to be involved in the game from the very, very beginning. And if you are, you're going to aid your Alabama Crimson Tide team, uh, hopefully to a win. Alabama sits at a seven and a half point favorite going into this weekend's game. And we'll see if that holds. We'll see which ways the betters go. And uh, really, I'm looking forward to breaking down Texas later in the week. We'll be talking to Kirk Bowles, a longtime Texas writer. Kirk Bowles writes for what? The Austin. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Writes for the Austin, Austin American Statesman. Yes, right there in, in in Texas, and I'm looking forward to speaking with him later in the week. I'm hopeful that we are able to do that, and we're hopeful to bring more big guests onto the program as it is a huge week right here at Texas Week. But I thought, I mean, we're going to wrap up the MTSU week with, you know, I thought it was good, a good start, a, great, a good first start. You, you had an efficient 
uh, yet an efficient performance. The team played with an edge. The team played with a little bit, a little bit of an edgy mentality. Came out two quick stops, two quick touchdowns. It was fourteen to nothing right off the bat. I thought you saw what you wanted to see out of the first week. Now, of course, you cannot go around claiming or crowning the national champions off the first week. But Alabama took a nice first step, and they're looking at a big, big weekend ahead. So, look, if you got any questions, you can jump in right there on the comments side on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube right there, and join us at JoeGaither6 if you want to be a part of the show. We've had comments from Stingray, from Miss Juline, from James as well. Uh, look, I believe in Jalen Milroe. Jalen Milrow walking off the podium today, giving a big old roll tide. He seems like he's got the belief, the swag, the factor, the it factor that everyone is uh, kind of riding the Jalen Milrow train. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does this weekend against a much, much better opponent. Uh, in other Alabama news and other Alabama uh, athletics news, look, the Alabama soccer team drew another game, 0-0 on, on Sunday. Yes, they're playing Sanford, who's won their conference, what, nine years in a row, uh, a tougher small school. But you got to get the ball in the net, Coach Hart. We got to get the ball in the net. And so really hopeful to see the ladies uh, break their scoreless streak. They've now gone two games without a goal. Now, luckily, the defense has not given up a goal in two games. So you haven't, it hasn't killed you. But two draws in two games is not what you want to see from the Alabama perspective. On Thursday, the ladies will be playing Southern Miss over there in Mississippi. And so hopefully the ladies will uh, will be able to get get the ball in the back of the net and get back into the winning column very, very soon. The rest of the week is going to be kind of wide open. I'm about to draw up the rest of the week. I'm going to talk to my pastor, Pastor Jason Stonehouse of St. Mark Church. Oh, we're going to talk probably on Tuesday and run it on Wednesday. So he was in the stadium for his first Alabama experience. I want to kind of get that first-time feel from, uh, from, from, from somebody from out of town, get, coming into town and getting their first game feel. I kind of want to get that flavor from Pastor Jason Stonehouse. And obviously, he's got a, he's got a book that we want to promote as well. Just real quickly uh, with Jason Stonehouse, you'll probably hear that on Wednesday. I believe I'm talking to Kurt Bowles of the Austin American Statesman at four o'clock today, and we're going to run it tomorrow, get a nice Texas preview uh, and, and really uh, g- give you guys the insight on Texas like we did with Sam Doughton last week from MTSU. I'm hopeful to catch up with some other Alabama football players, uh, some former players, and I'm hopeful to catch up with really some, some, some bigger names. I've got some in the tank. We're hopefully going to pull the trigger and make some connections. We'll see if that is able to happen uh, this week for you guys right here on the Joe Gaither Show. I want to encourage you guys to, to pay attention to us on BamaCentral.com. We are your Sports Illustrated home for the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're covering everything Alabama, every press conference from all the sports. We're covering all the breaking news. Really, obviously, football is king, but we are covering anything and everything Alabama-related at BamaCentral.com. You can follow me at JoeGaither6 on all the social media machines, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, really everywhere at JoeGaither6. Subscribe to the Bama Central. YouTube channel so you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Amazon. We'll be continue to bring you all kinds of great news. Look, it's a huge week, and we're going to try to um, make it a huge week right here on the Joe Gaither Show on BamaCentral.com. So I appreciate everybody watching us and listening to us. I had a blast in Bryant Denny Stadium. I want to thank Mr. Miller for giving me a ticket this past weekend, and I'm looking forward to being back in the stadium this weekend to see Alabama defeat. Texas. It's going to be whoo, it's going to be a stressful night. It's going to be a fun night. Get under the lights in Brian Denny Stadium this weekend.
weekend, 7 p.m. Go down to the quad early, go see College Game Day, and make a whole day out of it. It's going to be a blast right here on BamaCentral.com, right here in Tuscaloosa, in Northport, in the West Alabama area. So, look, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. I think we'll be back with an interview with Kurt Bowles, the Austin American statesman, the longtime writer that has covered uh, covered the oh, excuse me, covered the Texas Longhorns for longer than I've been alive. So we're looking forward to hearing from him. And then we'll be looking forward to having a great rest of the week. I know it's been Labor Day, and I'm sorry for the late show. We, uh, we put it on due to Labor Day. We put it off just a little bit, and we put it off due to wanting to hear from Nick Saban. Terry and Arnold and Jalen Milrow. You can read all about that at Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. So for you, the listener, the viewer, I love you the most. I appreciate you the most. You guys are the reason that we do this. I am Joe Gaither, and this was another edition of the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. <laughs>